brought to you by Charity Mobile, the phone company that sends 5% of your monthly plan price to your favorite charity. No contracts, nationwide coverage, risk-free guarantee. Learn more at CharityMobile.com. I agonized over which papal teaching document to bring this week, the things that people hardly watch, even though I think they are the most important thing I cover here. And then I was watching Kennedy Hall's YouTube channel in his interview with Rob Morrow, who you may have remember that I interviewed also about Father Malachi Martin. And uh, my interview was uh, had a lot of technical issues on our guest's end, but there's no such issues on his end with uh, Kennedy Hall. And it's definitely worth watching if you have questions about Malachi Martin. And I was watching their interview and, well, Kennedy Hall said something very prevalent very or very, very important. And it was that really there isn't, people hardly speak about Pope St. Pius X anymore. The modernists act as if he doesn't, ex didn't exist really. And uh, a lot of conservative and traditional Catholics don't invoke him enough. So and that got my, got me thinking. One of the very first encyclicals I recorded on this channel back in probably 2019 was Pescendi Dominici Gregis. The problem is that the encyclical is of such length that it doesn't really work in one sitting. It's also fairly dense. At least it becomes dense as you dive deeper and deeper into the document. So I thought, why not just do it in parts? Revisit the subject, cover Pescendi at least the essential parts for people so they understand what the Pope in that document is trying to, the point he's making. And for those who don't know what Pescendi is, it's the most important papal, papal encyclical ever written on the subject of the modernists. It was the condemnation of modernism, which is the heresy we see prevalent today all around us at all times. You will begin to see what so it was awful, sounds an awful lot like a lot of modern so-called Catholicism being condemned just outright by Pope St. Pius X. So we're going to begin here by going over sort of the essential elements of modernism using the words of Pope St. Pius X from the opening pages of Pescendi. Analysis of Modernist Teaching To proceed in an orderly manner in this recondite subject, it must first of all be noted that every modernist sustains and comprises within himself many personalities. He is a philosopher, a believer, a theologian, a historian, a critic, an apologist, a reformer. These roles must be clearly distinguished from one another by all who would accurately know their system and thoroughly comprehend the principles and consequences of their doctrines. Agnosticism, its philosophical foundation. Begin then with the philosopher. Modernists place the foundation of religious philosophy in that doctrine, which is usually called agnosticism. According to this teaching, human reason is confined entirely within the field of phenomena, that is to say, to things that are perceptible to the senses, and in the manner in which they are perceptible. It has no right and no power to transgress these limits. Hence, it is incapable of lifting itself up to God, and of recognizing his existence even by means of visible things. From this it is inferred that God can never be the direct object of science, and that as regards history he must not be considered as an historic subject. Given these premises, all will readily perceive what becomes of natural theology, of the motives of credibility, of external revelation. The modernists simply make away with them altogether. They include them in intellectualism, 
which they call a ridiculous and long defunct system. Nor does the fact that the church has formally condemned these portentous errors exercise the slightest restraint upon them. Yet the first Vatican Council has defined, if anyone says that the one true God, our Creator and Lord, cannot be known with certainty by the natural light of human reason, by means of the things that are made, let him be anathema. And also, if anyone says that it is not possible or not expedient that man be taught through the medium of divine revelation about God and the worship to be paid to him, let him be anathema. And finally, if anyone says that divine revelation cannot be made credible by external signs, and that therefore men should be drawn to the faith only by their personal internal experience or by private inspiration, let him be anathema. But how the modernists make the transition from agnosticism, which is a state of pure nescience, to scientific and historic atheism, which is a doctrine of positive denial, and consequently by what legitimate process of reasoning, starting from ignorance as to whether God has in fact intervened in the history of the human race or not, they proceed in their explanation of this history to ignore God altogether, as if he had really had not intervened, let him answer who can. Yet it is a fixed and established principle among them that both science and history must be atheistic, and within their boundaries there is no room for nothing but phenomena. God and all that is divine are utterly excluded. We shall soon see clearly what, according to this most absurd teaching, must be held touching the most sacred person of Christ, what concerning the mysteries of his life and death, and of his resurrection and ascension into heaven. Vital Eminence However, agnosticism is, not, is only the negative part of the system of the modernist. positive side of it consists in what they call vital imminence. This is how they advance from one to the other. Religion, whether natural or supernatural, must, like every other fact, admit of some explanation. But when natural theology has been destroyed, the road to revelation closed through the rejection of the arguments of credibility, and all external revelation absolutely denied, it is clear that this explanation will be sought in vain outside man himself. It must therefore be looked for in man, and since religion is a form of life, the explanation must certainly be found in the life of man. Hence the principle of religious eminence is formulated. Moreover, the first actuation, so to say of every vital phenomenon, and religion, as has been said, belongs to this category, is due to a certain necessity or impulsion, but it has its origin, speaking more particularly of life, in a movement of the heart, which movement is called a sentiment. Therefore, since God is the object of religion, we must conclude that faith, which is the basis and foundation of all religion, consists in a sentiment which originates from a need for the divine. This need of the divine, which is experienced only in special and favorable circumstances, cannot of itself appertain to the domain of consciousness. It is at first latent within the consciousness, or to borrow a term from modern philosophy, the subconsciousness, where also its roots lie hidden and undetected. Should anyone ask how it is that this need of the divine, which man experiences within himself, grows up into a religion, the modernists reply thus. Science and history, they say, are confined within two limits, the one external, namely the visible world, the other internal, which is consciousness. When one or other of these boundaries has been reached, there can be no further progress, for beyond is the unknowable. In presence of this unknowable, whether it is outside man and beyond the visible world of nature, or lies hidden within its subconsciousness, 
The need of the divine, according to the principles of fideism, excites in a soul with a propensity towards religion a certain special sentiment, without any previous advertence of the mind. And this sentiment possesses, implied within itself both as its own object and its intrinsic cause, the reality of the divine, and in a way unites man with God. It is this sentiment to which modernists give the name of faith, and this is what they consider the beginning of religion. But have we not yet come to the end of their philosophy? Or to speak more accurately, their folly. For modernism finds in this sentiment not only faith only, but with and in faith as they understand it, revelation, they say, abides. For what can one require for revelation? It is not that religious sentiment which is perceptible to consciousness re revelation, or at least the beginning of revelation. Nay, is not God himself as he manifests himself to the soul, and distinctly it is true. In this same religious sense, revelation. And they add, since God is both object and the cause of faith, this revelation is at the same time of God and from God. That is, both God is both the revealer and the revealed. Hence, venerable brethren, springs that ridiculous proposition of modernists, that every religion, according to the different aspect under which it is viewed, must be considered as both natural and supernatural. Hence it is that they make consciousness and revelation synonymous. Hence the law, according to which religious consciousness is given as a universal rule, to be put on an equal footing with revelation, and to which all must submit, even the supreme authority of the church, whether in its teaching capacity or in that of legislator in the province of sacred liturgy or discipline. And those are the first two aspects of modernism, according to Pope St. Pius X. There are more, and we will cover those maybe next month or in a couple of weeks. What you, in plain language, what he's talking about there is the reduction of the faith to sort of a scientific process, essentially, except that God cannot be known by anything except the other aspect, which is your personal feelings. Religious experience is, well, religion is reduced to an experience, an internal welling of things. This is why we see a distortion today of the primacy of the personal conscience why so many people feel empowered to ignore what the church has to say on some of the hot button social issues, because they have been told their personal conscience is primary and everything. And they're right. Except the idea is, except that what the church has always said is that your personal conscience is formed by the church and your personal conscience will always conform to what the church teaches on things. Religion is reduced to your feelings and science is made supreme. Sound familiar? Francis just put out a document called Laudato Deum that pretty much orders Catholics to buy into the scientific mumbo-jumbo of the day. Let me know what you thought of this in the comments, please. Hit like and subscribe if you haven't. It does help, so to share this on social media. That helps, too. As always, pray for the church. I'm Anthony Stein. Ave Maria.